Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewers discretion is advised. Yo, 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 usually you hear claps and applause and all that other good stuff, but, you know, prayers out to my good brother, Sean Don. Hopefully everything is fine in his family. He had a little bit of emergency, and he's, he's usually the man behind the scenes with all the claps and the applause and the laughter and all that other good stuff. But we're going to give you still the same energy, all right? Yeah, we're going to give you the same energy. This is Plugged. With Molly and Joe and our guest host for this season, Zachariah Israel. Shout out to Zach. Yo, we definitely appreciate your input, everything you bring to the show. Um, you're, you know, like you you edgy, you know what I'm saying? You be you be you borderline, you edgy, you know what I mean? And Joe, welcome back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You look, look, look. Hey, I what I just realized. I'm looking now, Zach. What I'm looking at is I'm looking at a refreshed Joe. Where's yeah. the hair on the face, brother? Well, oh, I decided to. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you just noticing? No, I decided to start a little fresh. I've been growing it out for like almost <laughs> four years, and it's one of those things where I'm just trying to trying to freshen up a little bit, if you will. You know. So. At- as you can see, me and Zachariah, we go with the. You Listen, know, I'm growing it back. I noticed when I we go with the full, we go with the full beard variety. I noticed when I, I noticed when I cut it though, I start seeing gray on the edges. So I'm like, okay, that's my sign of wisdom. So I said, every once in a while, you got to start over to you know to continue what you're doing. So don't worry, it'll be back soon. But I just had to like start a little fresh. Me personally, I'm Allison. I like the grays, man. I like the grays. But straight up and down, listen, Zach is here. Joe is here. I'm excited. I hope everybody else is excited to hear what we got going on. Topic of the day, Colin Kaepernick, quarterback to black activist. All right. He had a um a documentary of some sort. I mean, you know, you could call it a documentary. You could call it a uh, so autobiography, biography, yeah, uh, you know, you whatever you want to call it, it was it's very eye opening, and it's so eye opening that um we have three parts to it. it. Was this is part one of three? There's six episodes. We employ you go out there and check it out and see and check it out for yourself. See what we're noticing about it to where we wanted to dissect it. We we thought that you know to try to crunch all six episodes into one show would would, would not do it any service all right so colin kaepernick quarterback to black activist part one of three is tonight um of course we always do we pay homage we pay homage or we give flowers so this week is the time to pay homage 
Joe, myself, Zachariah. We got some, we got a few, you know, of course, we got somebody that we might have said before, and we just want to give them their flowers again. You understand what I'm saying? Or we might come up with somebody new or somebody that you never even heard of. I've, I've listen, I've learned about a few people in this in this segment, to be honest with you. Between Joe and between Zachariah, I've learned about a few people. So, you know, and, and I've learned about a few people on a personal level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zachariah brought up Tupac one time, correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Joe brought up some personal situations as well. And then when you think about it and when you guys hear it, it's like it's mainstream, but this is their personal lives. So, yeah, paying homage and giving flowers is what we do, you know. And then we got current events. Um, current events is about things that's happening locally, nationwide. I think today we're focusing a little bit locally because there's a lot of things that happen here in the New York City area. Zachariah might be in California, but his heart is in New York always. That's right. That's right. I left it out there. Right, 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 right. So you, right. Left, you left your heart in New York City. I thought the song yeah. was you left your heart in San Francisco. No, nah, they, they, they got the lyrics You better not leave it in San Francisco. <laughs> they, they, got it. <laughs> they got the lyrics wrong on that one. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. The platforms we own, you already know. Um, Joe, hit us with the platforms we own. Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, Pod Chaser, TuneIn, Reasons Podcast, Google's Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, iHeartRadio, MixCloud, iTunes Podcast, TheEveningRushNetwork.com, of course, and also on the Evening Rush Network app. So there's a lot of uh, ways to get connected with us. So any one of those ways, you'll get connected with us. All right. I, we usually talk about sports. It's nothing really to talk about. Indiana sucks. The Knicks suck. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooklyn is still doing their thing. Shout out to Sean Don. Right. I'm gonna give you your props while you're not here. See, give him his. See, I gave him his flowers. Right. He, yeah, he's not here. Buckle, so, buckle, buckle, no, buckle. no gunshots today. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what he would have did. So I had to fill it in for him. Exactly. You you filled in for him, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Zach said I filled in for him. Yeah. Um. So, you know how we do, right? So, we go into our next segment, which is paying homage, okay? This is our paying homage section. Usually, we get claps and applauds and all kinds of loudness going on and whatnot. All right, but we don't get that today because, again, prayers out to Sean Dodd and his family. All right, paying homage. Joe, who you got this week? Ah, well, this is interesting because everybody knows this person that I'm about to bring up. And I don't know if we've ever done him on the show. I can't remember. But I said this would be a perfect time. I'm bringing up the late, great Michael Joseph Jackson. Mm -hmm. I forementioned the king of pop. Born August 28th, 29th, 1958, Gary, Indiana. Eight of ten children. Um, Yes, the GOAT of music, if you will. I brought up Michael Jackson because I recently went to go see MJ the Musical on Broadway. Wow. His story was just, you know, you talk about somebody who got their flowers while they were alive and are still getting their flowers today. You know, so many people who don't even know Michael Jackson still love what he did. And there was a particular point in time where I talked about, uh, it was mentioned in from 79 to like 1982 from Off the Wall of Thriller, 
Michael had um renaissance, if you will, of his music and of his career. He wanted to be known as the biggest black artist to date. So when he did Off the Wall, it didn't really receive a lot of uh, accolades. Like, right. and, and it made him mad because he thought that he did so much. Like, he took his soul and put it into all of that. And he didn't get any accolades. And he was upset for a long time. So what did Michael do? He went back into the lab and created Thriller. Really? Which shocked everything. Killed everyone. So when I hear that story, I'm sitting there going... This is somebody who really took his ball and ran with it and said, you know what? Y'all going to make me look like this? Watch what I do next. Mm-hmm. And I, I was watching the 1984 um, American Music Awards. He won like eight or ten awards in that show. And after he got the third one, he came up to the mic and said, can y'all hear me now? Oh, and wow. I, that, I said, <laughs> Mike is telling y'all something. He's like, listen. And he, you know, he's very humble. He's very quiet. But he was like, can y'all hear me now? Like, y'all want to mess with my stuff before? Like, I'm getting everything right now. And it's his way of being cocky, but at the same time, let y'all know Michael Jackson ain't going nowhere. So I I wanted to pay homage to that because he showed us how to do it, especially in the music industry. You know, he showed us how to overcome the obstacles. If y'all don't look at him and, Mm -hmm. and, and say, well, that's a prime example of what we should be doing in the music industry. And still kept his nature until the day. And not just the music industry when it comes down to Michael Jackson. because Oh, humanitarian, period. He's one of the the biggest humanitarians, and he was about our civil rights. He was was in the fight. Because when you talk about um, songs like They Don't Care About Us, listen, I don't Mm -hmm. care what nobody said. That song inspires me to this day. We can play it. I can play it right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. You know um, what I mean? So, black and white, man in the mirror. Yes. You know? oh, man in the mirror. Oh, man, man in the mirror is personal. I, that's why oh, I even bring yeah. that up. Man <laughs> in the mirror is personal. Oh, yeah. I even told about that song. I, I might have oh, to, yeah. might have to, <laughs> might have to yeah. do something to you. So, you know what I mean? That song is personal. That's that's yeah. just between me and the man in the mirror. Right. So, Zach, who you got this week as far as who you're paying homage to? Well, we're going to keep it along in stream with the theme. Um, so well, I'm gonna music, bring, music? Yeah, me, music. music. Okay. We're going to bring up the late, great Marvin Gaye. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, a pioneer of his of his era. You know, he, he's, he's been dubbed the Prince of Motown, the Prince of Soul, uh, responsible for uh, subgenres like Midnight Love, um neo soul you know neo soul you know so i mean just such an originator and also uh revolutionary in the way he wrote songs he, everything was heartfelt we know him most for things like you know um sexual healing um you know heard it through the grapevine let's get it on but you know my personal favorites as far as what he has done um are, are the songs that were more you know, centric to what was going on. So things like what's going on, right? Um, mercy, mercy me. Yes. You know, um, uh, 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 inner city blues. Absolutely. You know, so I, that's my personally, I like those songs a lot better, but you, you can't help but put on sexual healing when you're having a nice romantic evening with the woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, those, those, those songs will never be. Never be top. He did that. You know. he did that. Um, that 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 national anthem at the Lakers. Oh, yes, oh, wow. eighty three. 
Yes, that was oh, a wow. moment. You know, so just, um, you know, an icon of music that can never, ever be forgotten. And, you know, sad the way he went out, I believe, which was on his birthday. Um, day before. Day before. By his, by his shot father. by his father, yeah. you know, um, who, who was remorseful after the situation, but just a tragic ending to such a, a great life. And someone who was just so full of life and staying positive and spreading all that love in his music. So shout outs to Marvin Gaye, man. You did your well, thing. I got a quick, I got a quick note. Well, Bill Cosby used to say he used to listen to Miles Davis kind of blue every day when he first started his comedy career. Cause that was like his energy juice. I listened to Marvin Gaye was going on at least once a week, the whole album from start to finish, oh, just to get juices flowing. I think I need to follow that. I think I need to follow suit because I think, because when you said it, I just, I like, I get where you went with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I understand, and that's something that we have to just get more in tune with with our with, with our ancestors, man, because they had a message, all of them, and yeah. it might have been through music, it might have been through different different things, it might have been through poetry, it might have been through just straight up writings, yeah. you know what I mean? But our ancestors always was talking to us, man, and you know we always got to get back in tune with it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm you know, and that just segue me into who I um paying homage to and that's the great Ray Charles. That's the yeah, Ray Charles Robinson Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yo, perseverance. If perseverance was a person, if wow. if if you know like you know what I'm saying like yo, if surviving was a person, like everything about this man, when you look at his story, when you look at what he's done for for the history of music yo, how can you do that and you're blind? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You you are physically blind. No, yeah. no, producer, put that back up, man. Listen, you know what I'm going to, you know what I'm going to advocate for? In this moment, in this moment, they're going to stay up. You understand what I'm saying? We'll talk, we'll be the background. We, we the background singers from now on. How about that? You know what I'm saying? We want Ray Charles to stay up as long as we talking about it. We right. want Marvin Gaye to stay up as long as we're talking about him. We want Michael Jackson to stay up as long as we're talking about him. You feel me? Start, I'm going to start spending three picks of each. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never fly. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter <laughs> because it's about them. It's not about us. That's right. You know what I mean? That's I don't right. care if anybody right. see me. That's you right. understand what I mean? I'd rather these men who, who help create who I am That's right. be on the, be on the spotlight. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, Ray Charles. All right, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read what they got here. Um, was an American singer, songwriter, pianist, a composer. Among friends and fellow musicians, he preferred being called Brother Ray. He was often referred to as the genius. Mm. Charles was blinded during childhood, possibly due to glaucoma. Charles pioneered the soul music genre during the 1950s by combining blues, jazz, rhythm and blues, and gospel styles into the music he recorded mm -hmm. to Atlantic. He contributed to the integration of country music, rhythm and blues, and pop music during the 1960s with his crossover success on ABC Records, notably with his two modern, modern sound albums. So when you look at a man like this, and that's just a little, little scratch on it, right? So they said in 1960, he made Georgia On My Mind. People know about that song. Song, George, you, you know that song, right? Oh, yeah. right. 
And so, then and then the amount of people that he influenced, mm-hmm. Nat King Cole, Quincy yeah. Jones, Frank Sinatra, yeah. all yeah. of these men that he's he's touched their lives to make them better people. And then these men also touch the lives of the rest of us. Man, listen, Ray Charles, man, you couldn't see, but listen, you powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, also think about, remember, Stevie Wonder was known as, uh, he called him Uncle Ray. You know what I mean? When he first, the little Stevie Wonder first came on the scene. So that's a big, another influence that we see what he's done in his career. So you can, Ray oh, Charles yeah. was like the foundation behind all of it. And then everybody yeah. else just came off and, you know, did their own thing. But Ray Charles deserves so much more credit than what he's gotten. Right, right. And then I've been watching a few documentaries that made me realize that I need to give Ray Charles his flowers, like to be honest with you. And Ray oh, Charles, yeah. and Jamie Foxx did the damn thing playing him too. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah. Best oh, I've ever seen. Not for nothing. We're going to our next segment, which is current events. All right. And usually we get a raw and all that other good stuff. But again, Prayers out to our to 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 the Evening Rush Network, Sean Don. Um, current events. We got today, and 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 I'm gonna be honest with you. It's 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 you know singing New York City. No disrespect to you, Zach. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's really New York City. Why would but I take offense to that? I don't know. You know, I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like you included me. Let's say okay. you got a state of mind, so that's where we are, right? I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But um, current events. Eric Adams. Um, Joe, I need you to speak to this because Joe, Joe is oh, usually well, my, Joe is usually the man on the on the on, on on the streets with this, right? So well, Eric Adams appoints for school chancellor and NYPD, um, the head the head boss of NYPD to um black folk. Yes, you had me cracking up with your uh, with your status the other day. You said he's trying to turn New York into Wakanda, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I'm happy that Eric Adams is doing this because he's trying to set a standard within his new reign. With and I'm all for it. I unfortunately with Eric Adams, the only thing I feel that's a negative to it is a lot of people that he put in power. I know of them. Not with these two appointments, but other appointments that I know. And I give them the side eye because I know that they probably have other hidden agendas. But as long as they stick to the message of getting the city back to where we were, that's what I mean. Like, where were we? Where were we, Joe? Well, I mean, post pandemic, I mean, pre, uh, pre pandemic, but in the sense of, well, I'll, I'll give you an example with well, David Banks. Uh, David Banks is, he was a former, uh, he created the Eagle school, Eagle Academy, which was an all-boys school in New York City, in the Bronx, and in Harlem. And one of the things that David Banks recently said is that he wanted to add more days and uh, and, and make longer hours for school days. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to hit at who work in education right now. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I said, we're trying to get the opposite of that right now. You can, <laughs> you can bring, you can get less out of that. So when I saw that, I was like, this is what we have to deal with? <laughs> this is going to be our new chance to but make these statements? Me, personally, I think that mm-hmm. if you incorporate what did work during the pandemic along with what works in regular time, which is in-person and such, where you say, okay, a little remote and then a little bit, you know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Maybe a balance, per se? 
Uh, well, the reason why they're trying to get, get rid of the remote is because it takes away from the in-person and they feel that they could do a better job in person. Um, Eric Adams has been quoted as saying that he thinks that 400 people can be on a Zoom call at one time. This is what he said. <laughs> so when yeah. I heard him say this, I'm like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know no. how I feel about that. You know, that's not because, a- because then you because then you're just throwing away you're throwing away homeschooling. Like you just you're telling people who homeschool like their method doesn't work. Listen, I've seen kids during the pandemic virtually. I am so glad that we're allowed to do in-person programming right now because the kids do so much. There's only so much time. Even adults can be in front of a computer or a screen getting things done. You lose interest. You lose your focus. You need to have personal interaction. So this is a common fact of life. You need personal interaction. You cannot be in front of like, this is great, but I can't wait for the moment where we have our own session in person. You know what I mean? That's and, and that's and that's why I went to you on this topic, because I know that you um, have to study that. That, that section of your life, you know, dealing because you're part of, you know, you're He's living in that dynamic right now. Right? I see it every dynamic. day. Yeah. So Eric Adams said because of that year and a half of remote life. Absolutely. But yep. I still, I, me personally, and that's just my opinion, I think a balance between the two actually will work towards what our new school chancellor is trying to do. Because I don't think that you're not taking my kids away from me more hours than you already do. I'm sorry. I like I, love, I like my kids. I'm sorry. Some people don't like their yeah, kids. Yeah, I do too. I like you my know? kids. You can't tell you I like them too. Yeah, you I like my kids. In. So you, you want yeah, to yeah, you you take um, my kids. Hey, it's funny because, you know, me and my wife was just talking about this, uh, this subject last night because um, we started talking about things that my son was coming home from school. Mind you, he's in TK, which is like before kindergarten, mm-hmm. and the stuff that he's been learning that uh we've had to counter you know mm-hmm. and i'm just like you know okay you starting them out so young and teaching them certain things so right. yeah i i like I, I look at it that way too because my, my son was on you know last year he was in pre-k on this uh virtual thing and this is an age where they need to socialize but right. at the same right. time i don't want him stuck all day with people that's going to be feeding his mind with a bunch of junk that i don't even agree with you know and I mean? that's a that's a topic for another day, Zach. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like, like I, I hear you, and trust me, we can we can go all day with that one. So, yeah. what I want to do is, I want to give props to the sister who is the new NYPD. Um, what um, what's that called? What's what's her position? She's the commissioner, like she's the, the commissioner, commissioner, NYPD yeah. commissioner, like Commissioner Gordon. You're right. Yeah, I, I'm bugging. Uh, no Batman, right? So, yeah, the NYPD <laughs> commissioner is a sister. The first sister ever, the first black sister ever, and I want to give props to her. We usually would have claps going off with that. Keith, um, her name is Kichant Kichant Sewell. She's yes. a Queens native, and like one of our writers wrote in, Wakanda forever. Um, uh-huh. Something. And the reason why I want to skip past it, and I'm not really skipping past what Eric Adams has done. Politics as usual, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to sit there and study on that. I want to study, study on something that's really um, hitting our neighborhoods really hard, and that's the gun violence issue. Oh. Um, Joe spoke on the fact that he was woken up out of his sleep recently um, to about 10, 10 or more gunshots out right outside his window. Um, 
it's all too common in our neighborhoods. Yes. Um, one issue that made me bring it up is our ox. Like, you know, we talk about the ox in the stores and like, oh, ox, ox, yo, what up, ox? And I thought it was a, I thought it was a cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't mess with the ox. You know what I'm saying? And it was a 20-year-old brother who got gunned down from a dude that he just finished giving him a free sandwich. I saw that. You know what I'm saying? He just finished giving him a free sandwich and he was gunned down. And me personally, I'm like, I, I'm taking it back because there's nothing about the ox that makes me want to do that. You know no, what I mean? I never had no bad experiences with them myself, you know? Never. I actually... I actually, you, like you said, you didn't mess with the ox. <laughs> it was funny. No. I remember growing up, somebody tried to do, they came from behind the counter with swords. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. what you going to do? Like, they always armed. So to hear that they're being attacked like that. That's- right. But that, that, that goes into what the, the, the whole theme of this point was. There was an unspoken street code. And there's a lot of them, right? There was supposed to be a lot of them in our lives, right? So it's like, what happened to them? You understand what I'm saying? Because it was an unspoken street code that the ox was off limits. We don't, we don't, we don't rob the ox and nothing like that. So does that go into what's going on in society today, right now? That that goes back to that segment of what was it? Youth wasting on the young. These kids, is not getting, <laughs> these kids is not getting school properly, man. Like they're not getting the OGs, like you mentioned in that episode, that that they're not getting schooled. The OGs are not taking time no more to school them, and they're not listening anyway. There's right. no respect. There's no respect for the elders anymore. Nah, they man. Like it's right. their time. They're not trying to hear anything that we have to say. I mean, I consider myself an elder because I'm older, and you know, being yeah. working in that environment, they don't care about what we have to say. They're trying to live their life, so they're not. They're not afraid to die. They don't. They yeah. they don't fear death. They don't. I mean, fear there's no cold. Anything. There's I no cold anymore. There's no cold no. anymore. They don't fear death, or they don't feel wasting their lives away. In the, in the in the consequences of what their actions are, right? I mean, basically, right? So what I'm going to say is right now, there's two topics that we were supposed to speak on in current events, and I believe we can bring them back next week or what have you. One is climate change. There's things going on in our cities, in our neighborhoods that we really can't explain. So we're going to talk about that might be next week. Yeah. And then also that's happening the spike in COVID cases across the city, across the nation, across the world. Like it's happening in sports. People are really close. People are closing things down. So we're going to have to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? As we go along. Um, But something that was really um, deep to me, Joe brought up, you know what I mean? And, 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 and it deals with mental health. Let's let's throw it up there. The, you know what I mean for this week. You know what I mean is basically a meme that we throw up there. And, and you know, we speak to it, right? And we're going to leave it up there. Like I said, we're going to leave it up there because that's what we're highlighting right now is the meme itself. And it says, this is what depression. So for those who's on Spotify or those platforms that can't see what we're talking about, the meme, it says, this is what depression can look like. Um, and it has pictures of famous stars who were who were depressed who were, who suffered depression, and they're no longer with us. And most I of them mean, suffering from uh, or died from drug overdoses or suicide. Correct, and that's the way they went out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depression is with the you know the mental the mental the mental torture they were going through. 
and their, you know, and their outlet caused them to leave here. And yeah, you got people like we got um, Robin Williams, Whitney mm -hmm. Houston, uh, Chris Farley, Marilyn Kurt Monroe, Cobain. Kurt Cobain. We have, um, oh gosh, Andrew Bourdain. Andrew Bourdain. Like yeah, a lot yeah, of these, yeah. you know, these are people that were, uh, is that Amy, Amy Winehouse is another yes. one, you know, mm -hmm. and these are some of the people we know their stories. And we're just like, it's sad because these are stories, lives that could have been saved. You know, these are lives that could have been changed, but yeah. we didn't yeah. know of their depression. We didn't know of their drug use, you know, and yeah. what causes these issues? Modern day, everyday things that they were going through, you know, and yeah. on paper, it looked like they had the best of lives. But then when it turns out that either they committed suicide or had an overdose because they were dealing with depression. Yeah, I, I want to say something real quick, you know, um, when it comes down to depression and I've heard, I heard it recently, I think a comedian, I think it was Michael Che said it. And the funny part is he said depression is a rich person's disease. Rich person's disease. <clears throat> and I wouldn't say a rich person's disease. I just say that as someone who actually on in reflection of their lives, they think their lives should be better. That's the reason why they're depressed. You understand what I'm saying? So it could it yo, know, I think that People that's on the on the, on the path of greatness suffer depression. Yeah, but they but their depression boosts them to greater paths. If y'all if y'all feel where I'm coming from, yeah, it's kind of like the um you know that the, the great the most greatness and growth comes when you're you know hit by tragedy. You know, at least that's what happens for the greats. You know, because they take it as in as a catapult to to bring them to where they want to be. And we don't see their depression because they're in the limelight. You know, so we don't see the struggle, what goes on behind closed doors or what it took for them to get where they at, especially with the ridicule and everything they suffer from family and, and in their personal lives. So, yeah, I mean, it's a real it's, it's, it's definitely a real issue. Yeah, definitely, man. And and Joe, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for even bringing this up because I think I suffer from it at times. I'm pretty sure that maybe you gentlemen suffer from certain different things. And, you know, you may want to highlight it at whatever point in time you want to. But I know for a fact, and I know for a fact the reason why I'm depressed is because, as they say, I know it could be better. And that's straight up and down. I know it could be better. You know well, what I mean? I, personally, I, I, I deal with it differently. I mean, I'm always just trying to stay positive. I think, you know, I come in from a household where when I woke up in the morning, it was you know, stickers on the mirror without brushing my teeth that says, uh, you know, uh, the power of a positive mind. I can if I think I can. And go to the refrigerator to get some food. And it says, winners never quit and quitters never win. You bring these things out. I'm going to let you, I'm going to hit you with that one because what we got to do is we got to make sure that the evening rush get a shout oh, out oh, no. at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, word from my network. Let's go. Yeah. Looking to podcast Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share.
What's up, y'all? Your boy Shice, Mr. Talk of the Town, letting you know now the Evening Rush Network now has the app. So catch it on the Google Play and the App Store, and you can catch all your podcasts like the Evening Rush, Let's Talk Crazy, the Queens of NYC, Sex, Love, and Alcohol, Plug, TL Mac Fitness, I Am Nicole Clara, on everything and get into the focus and all in one place at the evening rush network app that's right so catch all your favorite shows what are you waiting for download it now today's topic of the day oh my bad we are definitely sponsored by my favorite community organization my favorite community organization is big appalachian academy for the arts baller all right, we are on Instagram at plugged MJ at plugged. That's P L U G G E D M J. Okay, and today's topic is Colin Kaepernick from quarterback to activist. So what we're really discussing today is Colin in black and white, and this is one of three parts. Okay, um. Like I said, we agreed that there was more to it than to just be able to try to fit it into one little half-hour segment that our brains is going to be able to dissect it in so many different ways. All right? So my first question, you know, and it's not really a question. It's really a statement is what I've noticed about this um, documentary or whatever we want to call it is that it it's actually shows us the making of a modern day revolutionary. Um, Zachariah, do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely. And I, I think I said it on a previous segment uh, to where I just threw in there that I think uh, we were talking about his football career and I was like, maybe that wasn't his path to begin with, you know, because we all have certain goals that we set out to do in life and, mm-hmm. You know, it's not always the path you end up on. You right. know, and sometimes, you know, you're led by circumstances that is actually leading you to where you're meant to be. Right. You know, so, and I think that's what it was with this, with this, with this man. Joe, um, is this a, is is he a symbol of what modern day what a modern day revolutionary is? I wouldn't necessarily say a symbol, but I say he's an example. Um, there are different forms of revolutionaries, but I think the Colin Kaepernick is somebody who realized who he was as a person, or realized his overall purpose. And that make, doesn't necessarily make you revolutionary, but it makes you somebody who's aware of what society and what this life is and how this system affects us. So I'm happy the fact I'm happy for the fact that he was able to realize these things and do what he needs to do to continue not being a, revol- a revolutionary, but being somebody who's for the cause, being somebody who's for the, the betterment of us. And all his actions showed nothing but that. So he's an example, because there are a lot of other examples. But I mean, if that's how you have to get across to modern day uh, people who want to find themselves within themselves, by all means, go ahead and do it. Okay, so then I mean I hear you, and and as in they doing cards and poker, I raise you because I feel, I feel like um, that he is the example of what modern day revolutionary is, because when you look at 
when you look at in Colin in black and white, it's really there. It's there. Everything that he he spoke on, everything that he that influenced him influenced us. Now, mind you, it influenced him on the end where it was something that was hidden from him at one point. Then all of a sudden, it was exposed to him. You know, in his in his you know in 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 all his glory. What I'm saying is that we know for a fact that all of these things, the, the parallels between what the revolution, the revolution today, and how did we get here? Listen, it's it's sort of the same, correct? I mean, I think that the the mindset of just what a revolutionary is. At some point, they come to terms with, okay, I'm I'm gonna speak, especially people in the limelight, they either have to make a choice. I'm going to speak for what's right. And it's not about my personal endeavors anymore. And I think okay. that's what a true revolutionary is. You're going to put the the, the issues or, or the stances where, where, need, where you need to be heard first before your own personal endeavors, you know, and he okay. definitely did that by sacrificing his entire career. When it, when the first, when the show, first episode came on and he started comparing, you know, which we're going to get into, but the draft is compared to the slave auctions. I said, okay, he realizes he's never right. playing football again. Right. And I just wanted to lay out what a modern day revolutionary is. And that's what, that's what I feel like Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick is an example of. So what we're going to go into right now is Colin in black and white. In the beginning, right from the jump, he spoke on the draft combine and slave trade and the similarities to what it is. And I know the similar, I, I've spoken on it before I just seen Colin Kaepernick even speak on it. Whereas they're prodding and poking at us and making sure, seeing how fast we run and all of these different things. And what is, what is different than the slave trade, correct, Joe? It's the same instance of Dr. Frances Welsing in her book, The ISIS Papers. She also referred to this back in the day as far as the NFL, all, all sports. She was able to compare all sports to something that happened during the slave trade or doing, you know, during slavery. Uh, how they looked at us when they, you know, a buck, buck breaking is what they called it. And they broke us down and made us, they demasculated us. Sorry, emasculated us. So um, there's so many uh, parallels between the combine and the slave trade because it's there, you know, except right. instead of selling our mind, you're selling your bodies. You're selling right. your bodies for money. And it's like, what can you get out of the body, right? So mm -hmm. you get all of that out of the body. And then when the body dies, you just find another one that could come in and do the same thing. But it's like I think with the um, with the sports is now they're having to upgrade because they're realizing you can't get so much out of a certain age. So you get them younger, you get them faster, you get them stronger, or they make them more hybrid now. So it's a modern way oh, of so. Know, so it. Zach, what do you say to the same thing? Well, I mean, it's definitely the same. The, uh, the parallel is there. I mean, if you look at it, even the training camps, if you look at how it, he shows it, you know, in that first episode where men are standing with their arms out and their, their arm span is being measured, their height is being measured, their their speed, their agility, their how, how high they could jump. And it's the same thing they did in the slave auctions to see, all right, I want to know, I want to pay for the strongest slave that could work the longest and the work the hardest. You know what I mean? That boosted their value. Same thing with the value of a player. He's whoever's faster, stronger, has better hands, quicker right. feet. Right. He's, right. he's right. higher in value. 
you know. See, and then I, and then they're auctioned off, you know. Right. A exactly. Just like the slave trade, correct? Like yeah, you know, absolutely. oh, who's going to get the biggest contract in the sub? Right. Right. You know, um, because I, I, I actually want people that hear this to go and do their own research. Like when you hear us, when we talk, we want you to go and do your own research. Absolutely. And when you say what makes a modern day revolutionary, if you ask that question, right? So you look at the things where you sit there and we're, 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 we think outside of the box. We'll think about our, the draft combine and the slave trade, how that's similar. Um, what about our, you know, our, our hair culture, you know what I'm saying? How we might, how we might, how we might wear, you know, wear our hair. I wear my hair in cornrows. Zachariah wears his bed full with, with a ponytail. Um, Joe wears his dreads. We are very expressive when it comes to our hair. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, um, Colin Kaepernick spoke to the, about the cornrows, right? So we talk about that. Right, you talk about the hip hop influence, right? And that goes hand in hand. The hip hop influence plus the cornrows, right? And then, you know, the you know, the the, the black barbershop as they you know, as we want to call it. He speaks to all of these different things that he came into, you know, into contact with. You guys actually live this. What do you say about those different things that actually influences us? I'll I'll yeah. speak to what I got from Colin's um, aspect of life. I believe from what I saw, it was him discovering these aspects of it because he didn't necessarily grow up in those aspects. He yeah. learned as he got older and he's trying to figure them out. You yeah. know, remember, he came from a mixed childhood. He had a he had white adoptive parents, so they weren't necessarily there, you know, getting him in, involved in this. But it was like a culture shock for him. And realized that this was here and he gelled to it like he was trying to find himself. And the fact that I think he gelled to the situation and it, it realized it was commonplace and he got comfortable. Um, it's just him finding out who he was. You know, he had idols. You know, he talked about Alan Iverson being his idol. And Iverson is very known for wearing cornrows when he was in the NBA. So what's crazy is what makes it any different than our upbringing because Alan Iverson is someone that influenced myself, yourself, and probably Zachariah. And yeah. Zachariah, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, when it comes down to the core roles, Zachariah and myself goes a little, little back into just the history of core roles in itself. Right, Zachariah? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's that's what it was. And the, where we met, that, that culture, that, the Hebrew-Israelite culture was – you know, that everybody has cornrows or braids. I mean, at one point I had my beard braided, if you remember. I was I, I was a trendsetter. I'm taking credit for that. I was trendsetting with that one. But, but the point is that, you know, when we were in a culture that we don't cut our hair, you know, so that's mm -hmm. like, um, that was part of that culture. And and if I'm not mistaken, you you you, you want to share a story about um, how Iverson actually... Uh, got into that was actually through our people right i mean like yeah um so what i want to do is i want to break it down right so we're breaking it down and said what makes a modern day revolutionary say the parallels between the draft combine the slap and the slave trade what that is is that we're recognizing today what they've already been doing the process that they've already been going through you understand what i'm saying and then we talk about the hip-hop influence we already know about that that's that's major 
right? And now what we're talking about is the core roles, right? So like I said, um, Zach's talking about Allen Iverson and Allen Iverson was in VA. One of our brothers was in VA and we had braids. That was what we were known for. That's what we did. And Allen Iverson used to come up in the shop and my brother was one of them, you know, the brother was one of them dudes that would look out for the, you know, look out for the sport, look out for the guy that's doing, doing this thing in sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, don't be in the streets doing no craziness, this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, you know, drawing influence from, from my mans and them. Listen, he got, let's say he started getting his braids. Yeah. Am I going to say that's how that trend got set? Listen, I'll leave it for everybody else to, to figure out. You know what I mean? Um, when you talk about the food and the seasoning, that's like, you know, like everything is so, everything is, everything sings to you when it comes down to our culture, right? And that's what the revolutionary is today. They, they accept every aspect of our culture. You know what I mean? And then they accept the things that goes against us, which is the cultural discrimination. There was a part in the um in the in the episodes where they demanded him to cut his hair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh at first, you know, his parents, you could tell they didn't like it, right? He shows that. But um it was it wasn't until his baseball coach said, you know, what is that hanging out the back of his hat? You know, that's unacceptable. He's gotta change that if he wants to play on this team and end up calling his his parents. You know, and then that's when his parents brought it up to him at the dinner table. They try to slide it in there, you know, and, and Joe was talking about, yeah, what he was struggling with. I feel like it was also showing he was starving to get in touch with his culture because he knew it was a part of him. And he was mm -hmm. raised by parents that were oblivious to that culture. Some scenes I felt like they were trying to portray or he maybe he had say so to show that they meant well, but they were just so green that they didn't know how to approach the situation. And then their their underlying, you know, uh, biases that they came up with just came out. And they didn't even know how to how to raise a black son. You know what I mean? They don't understand the plight of a black man growing up in America, you know. And I, so, I kind of I kind of got that vibe as well. I got that yeah. vibe. Um, because it was like they meant well, but like you said, they didn't know how to do it. No. So and they always looked at it as a phase. They were like they were empathetic enough. <laughs> He'll get it like they, they were like, he'll get over this, you know, like yeah. it's a phase. Eventually he's gonna grow out of it. And not realizing that it was part of his culture. That's that white wishful thinking that maybe he won't grow up to be the black man that he is. Maybe right. we can whitewash him, Wash him. You know what I mean? You know, but yeah. Yeah. So now it's we spoke on okay, what makes a modern day revolutionary? So we're saying that, you know, thing where they're aware of the times, right? That's basically what we're talking about with the draft combine, the slave trade. Um, culturally, you know, aware of themselves, where it's like, yo, listen, nah, this is what we do. We wear cornrows, we rock a beard, we rock out, you know, you know, we're, you know, culturally in tune. Um, in music, we're in tune. We talk about the hip, the, the, the influence of hip hop, because we talk about DJ Cool Herc. Um, our parentals, you know what I'm saying? Our parent, you know, our parentals um, being involved is very important. Although his were white parents, white adopt, you know, adoptive parents, um, was, but they still were as important to his to to his upbringing because they allowed him to explore himself, allow him to realize who he was and what he was going to be. You know what I mean? 
Um, we talk about the neighborhood. You talk about the black barbershop. You know, uh, you know. Listen, we talk about that all the time, Joe. You know about it. You go to black barbershop, get a yeah. trim up. You talking about all kinds of stuff, or you're experiencing all kinds of different things when it comes down to the community. When it comes down to who you are as a man, you know what I mean? Because they talk about a lot of different things of the past and the present. The barbershop, the barbers were our therapists at one point in time, you know? They were our original therapists. When we sit in the chair, not only are we getting the cut, but we also getting a good talking to, or we figure some stuff out. So that's what the barbershop meant to us and our communities. You know, it helped us solve a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. There's a shirt, there's like a, there's like a, a a barbershop jargon, you know, or or conversation that goes on if you go in there. I mean, coming up, I, I had that in my neighborhood. You know, and um, you know, you know, um, uh, Nakshon, he he grew up where I grew up, and he was a barber at our local barber shop. And yeah, I remember. So we used to hang out there, you know, and it was, you know, that was part of it. Yeah, but I I feel like music, food, the barber shop, you know, these are all essential parts of what black culture is in America and in the home. This is what you grow up around, and you know, even down to what is called soul food. Am I am I wrong? You know, right, so. because that's what because that I mean that was actually like tongue in cheek a joke within the first few episodes where it's like oh you know for his white mother he'll salt yeah. and pepper everything but then yeah. when he got a taste of that soul food he ain't he ain't need no salt yeah. pepper it was she right. was like you might want to give it some salt she's like huh you don't need none right 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 that's also important in the revolutionary just to let y'all know. Seasoning is important. Seasoning I mean, you know, we, we, see, people don't understand. There's a, there's a root of where it came from. You know, in the slave days, the master would throw the slave scraps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to you gotta make a meal out of something that, you know, is, is a scrap of an animal that's not necessarily usually eaten. I don't just want to tarry because you guys made some points in the next few um, statements. The... Um, in the episodes, there was a statement made. It was called the white man's stamp of approval. That's what Cap talked about mm-hmm. in an education. Um, can one of you speak on that, please? Uh, yes, I can personally speak on that. Um, for what I personally have gone through, um, I could be clean pressed. I could have a 4.0 GPA. I could actually be of good standing as a black man, but if you're hearing it from me or someone like me, it doesn't make sense. But if I was to go to a white counterpart, male or female, it's almost like their word is better than mine. And people will listen to them more, especially when it comes to work, when it comes to education, when it comes to society. So getting a white man stamp of approval is once you hear it from someone of their culture, it means something. I could have said the exact same thing and they don't mean anything or people aren't listening to me. Like it doesn't matter. And that happens every day. So mm-hmm. we were trying to find our value. What's our value in our voice? And that's what it means. Or if you go through a white, a way of living, that means more than a black way of living. So Got that's it. what I get of when I hear a white person stamp. Because when you talk about it, you talk about it in 2011, Kelly William Bolar was convicted of a felony and sentenced to five years in prison for sending her daughters to a high performing school outside of her school district, unknowingly breaking a law called boundary hopping. 
the judge reduced her sentence to 10 days in jail, three years for day probation and community service. She spent nine days in jail, was able to get her teacher certificate under Ohio law due to the felony conviction now on her record. So you destroy someone's life because of, they you know, better education same. for their kids. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Cap speaks to that. He says, in the land of opportunity, that law is meant to make sure poor, underprivileged folk don't better educate themselves without that white man stamp of approval. Mm -hmm. So we'll move ahead because I don't think neither one of us need it. I, I, we don't need that. We, we got this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, the next one is getting a job. Does earning. not equal. Does not equal not earning equal. a living. Getting a job does not equal learn, earning a living. Zachariah. Um, and, and I think it just goes back to what he said. You know, it's been set up that way. You know, most higher paying jobs require higher education. Uh, most schools, underprivileged communities do not provide adequate level of education. They don't even provide, you know, curriculum that sets you up for college mm -hmm. um, because they're not given the funding, because they're in the inner cities. Um, and then, you know, the underprivileged communities, um, once you get out of school, you're either forced to settle for minimum wage jobs, which we spoke about on previous segments, or earning minimum wage, uh, like Kat points out, you'd have to work 140 hours a week, uh, which he breaks down that is 24 hours a day, six days a week, just yep. to make a living wage. And that's, we're talking about just being able to pay rent and and you pay your bills how are you gonna support a family on something like that a full right. day week so like, just one day off you know so going back to you know getting the white man stamp of approval if you're not accepted into getting his approval to get into a college or to get that job that higher paying job then you're gonna be stuck at the bottom of the totem pole scraping and scratching for scraps you know? because for one most higher paying jobs require higher education period mm -hmm. right yeah and then you have most schools in underprivileged communities do not provide an adequate level of education to get those jobs. Mm -hmm. So you got every, the system is basically against us, correct? Yeah, exactly. But it's, it was designed that way, you know? Right. I mean, you know, it's for a reason. You know, we talked about, I think we talked about this on more than, than one episode. They did a really great job. Cap did a great job of outlining these things. And I think where he was making the parallel with is that when he stepped onto the field, like it shows him trying out for, for JV as a freshman, and he's going up against this other freshman kid, this white quarterback that was from the Bay, and he was clearly way better than the kid, but they chose to go with him because in their mind, he was the prototype that they were looking for. You know, and, and at, at that time, there was very, very few black quarterbacks in the NFL, I might add. And then the funny part, the prototype goes in any any in, in, in any world when it yeah. comes down to it, because that's what they right. look at it as. Right. That's right. You know what I mean, it don't have to necessarily be the quarterback. They make sure that they are in the lead when it comes to those higher paying jobs. It's a standard. It's a standard that's being set. Like if they have what their mind is, what their ideal person should be, if you don't meet those standards, you will never be accepted. Mm. With that rare exception of somebody who knows you, who may be of a different culture and says, hey, let's take a chance on this guy. Regardless right. of how he looks, right. I think we could mold him into becoming what we want him to be. Or how he got the white man stamp of approval when his father got that coach uh, theater to work with him over the summer. Yeah, right. Hey, coach, take a look at my boy. He's been working with Roger Theater in the summer. And he said, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And he mentioned that to the coach. And that got him that white man stamp of approval to even be considered for a quarterback position. So 
Question, do we need that white man stamp of approval to be successful in America? If you don't uh, get if you it, want to live in their world, yeah. <laughs> if you I don't want to live in their world, no. I would say this. If if you don't, you got to work 10 times as harder. And eventually, it, you it's like it's like almost coming to the point where you got to be above and beyond reproach. Politics don't apply to you just because you're that great. And then right. at that point, they got to give it to you. You know so what I mean? Zach, but, yeah. Zach, um, speak to what Cap was talking about when, because the same, because he broke down in different scenarios within the, those two episodes, like different ways that we're behind the eight ball, so to say, right? We're behind the eight ball. We know it, but he's trying to expose how it's happening. Right. It's what I'm noticing. Like when well, I watch, when I watch it, he's trying to expose how it's happening. He's trying right. to make sure that we're 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 fully aware of how we're getting screwed. Yeah, and I think he's he was he was making the parallel of what he was going through in his football journey, but he's showing to this is where it's happening on a grand scale in society. And uh he also mentioned so it was about getting an equal education uh or being able to get an education adequate to get a make a living, getting a, a um a job to where you be able to make an adequate living. And then he went into statistics about getting a home loan, which is literally having to get the white man's stamp of approval to get Get that loan you know um and he gave some stats and he mentioned that in uh 2015 27.4 percent of black Afri applicants were denied mortgages and that's more than twice than that of white applicants and he also said that the ones that did get approved paid higher interest rates usually and that he said now uh, who's the top three lenders jp morgan wells fargo and quicken loans and he and said, they're and they're all, they're all owned by, guess who? The white man, you know? And see, and then he's the, this quote that I, 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 he threw in there, he said, some people may say the system is broken. He said, I'm here to tell you it was intentionally built this way, mm -hmm. you know? And as we know why it was built this way. Like, like somebody was talking, um, earlier, uh, I was engaged in a social media conversation and somebody said, man, you know, they tell us that slavery you know they talk about it a little bit in school but they don't tell us the truth about it and the biggest thing that they don't tell us is that it's still going on today it's just in an institutionalized form and that's and that's and that's a whole entire fact brother like yeah. um and that's just a like you know just the tip of the tip tip of the iceberg when it comes down to the Colin Kaepernick story um, he's opened up our mind to so many different ways to how we're getting screwed in a sense. But then he also opened up my mind to how many ways that we're actually opened up our minds to, the, to, to, to how great we can be as a people if yeah. we just take that stance. That's right. Now, here's the thing. Just like you said, if we take that stance, how many people are actually listening to what Cap said? That's the problem. The problem is not the problem is not Cap giving us the information the problem is the people who are going to receive it and accept it a lot you know he got so much slack for this it's almost like people are saying he's a sellout for doing this i mean no when people find out the truth about things when they find out what reality really is you live off of what you learned and that's what you're supposed to do we talk about and like i said yeah go ahead we talk about critical race theory that's another form mm -hmm. of it you yeah. know you know, they don't want us to know the things that really happened. So they'd rather not tell us at all. 
right. I, I was reading uh, comments on a, on a post that Dr. Ramar posted about that um, that white kid that broke onto his campus of the school he's trying to open up, yeah. and they want to press charges against this guy. And if you just read the comments, man, it's like so many people were just hating on his program and not even talking about what he was talking about to get this white kid, you know, convicted or, or, or prosecuted for this. And, um, you know, then you read, I read a couple of comments. It's just like, it's crazy how, how the self hate is so heavy, you know? And then, you know, we're looking at situations like this, the cop uh, cap comes out with this documentary and he's being ridiculed for it when he's actually taking the stance of a revolutionary. And if you ask me, he will go down in history as one. And that's exactly what I meant by the first question is, yeah. is this what a modern day revolutionary looks like? And a modern day revolutionary looks like so far is he's knowledgeable, he's compassionate, he's for yeah. the cause, he's working towards the cause, he's sacrificial, you know what I mean? And he's All fearless. He's fearless, yeah. And 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 just to say to you, Joe, to you, Zachariah, I look at you guys as the modern day revolutionaries, and I want you guys to continue on this journey with me because as as much as we're trying to dissect what Cap is doing, which we're really trying to understand ourselves. You know what I mean? I know that for a Absolutely. fact. I know, to, Absolutely. I know I'm trying to understand myself. I know Joe is still trying to understand himself. And I know for a fact that Zach, you're still trying to understand yourself. And yeah. with that, I appreciate you guys being on this journey. This is part one of three. We don't have to really have to try to stretch it out because anything we can say now, we can wait till later. Yeah. And I love you guys, bro. Love you guys too, man. Appreciate you more. Right. And that's Molly and Joe. Peace.